Welcome to Messy Life Podcast. You know, life is messy, but it's in our mess that we find our message. And just because your life is messy, it doesn't mean you're messed up. We want to open up our lives. We want to open up our mess. We want to open up what we've learned through really painful, dark journeys. And our hope on the other end of this podcast, on the other end of Messy Life, is that you would find courage and strength and laughter and joy in the midst of your journey, that you would know that you are not in this alone and that you are stronger than you ever thought you were. So let's get messy. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to Messy Life Podcast. Podcast, we're here. And we're talking about messy conversations. Messy conversations. Yep, we are. And we kind of had a messy one like three days ago. And we'd like to tell you a little bit about that. What we're all about in this Messy Life Podcast is opening up the curtain to our life and being vulnerable and real and transparent with you guys that in marriage and in parenting, oh my gosh, we've had really messy conversations. We literally had one this week. Yeah. And so we're going to tell you stories. Um, Don't judge, please. This is really hard for us to share. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. This is going to be extremely painful. But the power of like, giving each other the allowance to have a messy conversation and grace to have a messy conversation leads to really beautiful things, right? Yeah. And you can have a disagreement (laughs) that we will be talking about here shortly. A difference of perspectives. And you can do it. It, it. It may, you give each other permission to make it messy but it also has to be with respect. Yeah, and I feel like it ends really well. Like, it ends knowing one another better and ultimately, in the end, results in you having a stronger marriage and you having a stronger parenting relationship with your kids. Yeah, and as we're recording this, um, we are literally three weeks away from... um, being 15 years married. Now we have gotten much better at it. Three weeks. Uh, -uh. it's longer than three weeks. No, it's not. Come on now. Now who's got, who's got this? Oh yeah. No, don't tell me you forgot our anniversary. Did you (laughs) just joking? So this fight we had, Oh my gosh, it wasn't a fight. No, it it was a disagreement. Yeah, it was, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, parlay and say disagreement there. So we're going to open up this podcast talking about a very messy conversation that we had between the two of us. And like for years of mine and Joel's marriage, we've always had an agreement that we don't call one another out in front of a group of people. Which is really smart in a partnership or leadership, anything. It's, we're not always perfect at it. But have you ever been in that situation where like a husband and a wife start to argue in front of you? Oh my gosh. I know. It's so awkward. We've done it to people that we can't throw shade. It's true, but it's a little bit awkward. We try to keep it few and far between and it is awkward. You're like, oh my God. Sometimes, I think we may even share the story later on in the podcast, but sometimes we actually coach the people 
that we're having this disagreement in front of, we coach them and say, okay, now this is what a married couple disagreement (laughs) looks like. This is healthy. So just watch here. And there they are with wide eyes, deer in the headlights, watching this go down. But it's kind of like reality TV. So we're going to tell you about a fight we had the other day. It was a very messy conversation. It wasn't really a fight, but it kind of sort of was. Um, so early on in our marriage, like we're going on 15 years, we kind of had this pact that like, we don't call one another out in front of people. Like we have a private conversation and we're like, Hey babe, when you said that it really hurt my feelings, right? Cause nobody likes to be called out in front of people. It's like embarrassing. It hurts your ego. We all have egos. We wish we didn't, but we do. Yeah. And it's just, it's just, um, you want to be united and to always have the grace to, um, you know, it's what friends do. They, they promote your strengths and they defend your weaknesses. Right. And so like when nobody's around, you know, you say, Hey babe, that was totally uncalled (laughs) for or that hurt my feelings. That's a good one. That's always mine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mine, and is, my, always mine like, is always like I've I've kind of felt disrespected. Totally, that's me. Totally. So yours is always I felt disrespected. Mine is always like you hurt my feelings. But sometimes I steal yours because I'll say <laughs> you know that kind of hurt. Like sure. And and that's yeah. That it's it's kind of as a man, it, it's taken me a while to be able to speak that language. But sure. Um, to be able to recognize when you have been hurt and to be able to say, okay, why am I responding this way? Yeah, that that hurt me. Yeah, totally. It's powerful. It, yeah, so we've had this agreement early on that any disagreements we were going to have, we were going to have them in private. Like, not in front of our kids and not in front of, like, people. We're not always perfect at that, but that's kind of like early on in our marriage, we decided that. So the other day... <laughs> We had this like fight over coffee, over coffee. Do you feel normal? Like we had a fight over coffee. Well, it is kind of an important beverage. <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, it is caffeine, caffeine, right? That's a part of our daily life. A daily life. So I, we have a Breville, which is like the greatest gift to me. And if so, you don't know what a Breville is, uh, look it up, Google it. <laughs> Google it, it is like a tank of an espresso maker. Coffee. Yeah. Right. And it was given to us as a gift, and it's probably been the best Christmas gift we may have ever received. My favorite. So each morning, I wake up on my work days. I get up at 5 a.m., and I will like, okay, so you can do like two shots of espresso, and then you can hit one shot which equals three shots. So I do that three times. That's my morning routine. I wake up, I have three shots of espresso. Then I go to work and I do one on my drive to work and then one for like the first two hours that I'm at work, which in my... (laughs) Stop laughing at me, I'm so sorry. This is the best story. So that in my mind equals nine shots of espresso. So we're in front of a table full of people And, um, one person I don't know, I've never met, like I just met them and Joel like says, no, no, first you say, you know, my morning routine is to have, has nine shots in it. And everyone was like nine shots, dear Lord, like you're going to die. 
That was, that was. And I don't care what people think about my nine shots of espresso. You don't have them all at one time. It's throughout the day. It's it's not even throughout the day. It's between the hours of 5 a.m. and 9 a.m. I have nine shots of espresso. Oh, I, I, I didn't know. Are that. we like engaging in this fight yet again? No, no, no. Well, let's not. Let's not do that. So we're at in front of the table, and I'm like, "Yeah." So I have nine shots of espresso, and Joel basically calls me a liar. No, I, I didn't say <laughs> that. Did. I, I went rational. Now you have to also understand, I I did go to law school, so I, I went rational, and I was thinking nine shots. He's arguing with me in front of a table full of people in front of a half a shot of espresso. And I was saying, I was saying, <laughs> okay, if you put, okay, if you put. Two shots ground. I do worth. two shots of ground Starbucks espresso beans yeah. in the Breville. Now, technically, <laughs> you're supposed to take that out, Rinse remove it the out. grounds, add a fresh one shot. Of no, you grounds. gotta change out that filter. Yep, to a one shot. Who ground. the hell wants to do that? Well, 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 and then you put it back in, and that would be three. You leave the grounds in there, and then run. So after the run two shots, shots, then you run a third. See, can you feel the passion water. in our conversation? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm starting third, to get mad. <laughs> so, so I said, I said, well, that's really it's not three. It's probably said, more like two point five shots in right. reality. In front of so the table, three of those are not. You know, like three of those would equal seven point five. Can so you feel the passion was, in this episode? Saying, See? I'm saying, getting mad as we're like, talking It's about more that. like 7.5. And, and, and that's kind of how the conversation, Casey gracefully yeah, didn't gracefully. take up the... gracefully. Say that again. Casey, Casey did what? Casey, full of grace, mercy, and majesty. <laughs> I'm just joking. She, she didn't... Um, I didn't continue. argue. She said, oh, okay. I humbled oh, well. myself okay. and let him call me a liar in front of a okay. table full of I people. I <laughs> did not know. Okay. I did not even realize I was doing anything bad. No, I was didn't. trying to like, like, like I was feeling the shock and awe of the nine shot, you know, <laughs> you know, just lights going on in the, in the, at the table. And I was like, really? It's just like 7.5. She, she, like, it doesn't really, it's not that, that explosive. It's not that huge. And I felt like I was just kind of being kind of fun. And I didn't feel like I was calling her out. I didn't even calling have the notion, me a liar. notion of it. This table of people that we were talking with, we weren't even there. We just happened to see them. Pop in, say hi real quick. Yeah, and we were going to have dinner for with another couple for the rest of the evening. And we, we did for several hours. I had, during this whole conversation, the rest of the night, I had no idea... Joel that, was clueless. That I had basically said, hey, you're a liar. <laughs> you, by by 1.5 1. shots, you have lied. Right. And um, Casey was graceful enough. And I think we got home. We, it was late. We were tired. She we didn't say bed. anything. We had a great night. Laughed. Next morning ensues and we're meet at the Breville. Okay, so hold on. I wake up in the morning. The evening was great. We had the best time with great friends. But I wake up in the morning and I love my Breville so much. Oh my gosh. He's like, I love him. No, no. Just to give you a, we take him camping with us. Yeah, of course we do. Right? We take him everywhere. We take him to the cabin. We take him everywhere we go. I love I my Breville. I drew Breville. the line when you asked for him to sleep in between Stop. us. Stop. I never did that. Okay. So I wake up in the morning and I'm like, oh, the Brevi is waiting for me downstairs. I'm so excited about my coffee. 
And then all of this sudden, this flood of like the Breville and the shots of espresso and Joel calling me out in front of everybody comes flooding to my mind. So I come downstairs half asleep. My retainers are still on my teeth. My glasses on. I come downstairs and literally like, oh my God, people are going to judge me for saying this. Joel is like reading his Bible at the table. <laughs> He's like spending time with Jesus. And in the middle of Joel spending time with Jesus, I come downstairs like a bat out of hell. And I was like, take those headphones off. <laughs> and I was like, let me school you on a proper shot this, this of is espresso. A direct quote. Yeah. This is- and Joel was like, he looks up from reading his Bible, listening to worship music. And I'm like, oh no, let me school you on a proper shot of espresso. Joel's like, what took over my wife? We were all like happy, giddy laughter when we go to bed. And I wake up like Medusa. Well, and I'm thinking, okay, if you're, (laughs) if you're married and you've ever had this experience, (laughs) you're thinking to yourself like damage control, damage control. Well, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're friends with someone, you're thinking, okay, how do I respond to this and not react? This this is, you always want to be in response, not reaction. And so in that moment, I'm thinking, okay, (laughs) what is the best way for me to respond to being schooled on direct quote. a proper shot of espresso. And so, yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe you want to, I don't know, maybe um, color in the color rest in. of the conversation. Yeah. So I like came for Joel in my sleep state, fixing my cup of espresso. And like, he's, I've always said this, but Joel is like a way better Christian than me. He loves Jesus so much more than me. So he's like, you know, doing his Bible time. He's like having his quiet time, spending time with Jesus, listening to worship music. And I'm like, get over here so I can teach you how to properly use this espresso machine. And I'm like, look, two plus one equals three. And I just came for him. And like, I'm slowly putting the pieces (laughs) together here. I'm like, oh, 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 oh. And, and then I don't even, I think I was kind of like in shock at this point. Maybe, yeah. maybe I've blocked this portion of my memory out. I, I don't I, know. I don't know. But we both get into this heated debate over this conversation right. that happened. I think my next words were 2.5. <laughs> yeah. I think that was my next. Well, babe, I, I think it was 2.5. And you were saying, no, it's three. And I was like, well. I'm like, two, you push this button, which is equals two shots. And this button, which equals one. What is two plus one equal? It's like this heated debate over coffee. It's the most ridiculous conversation. And yeah, yeah, I went rational. And, but and, like, and it didn't really, it, it, we weren't moving anywhere. No, and our sweet son Lincoln was like sitting there the whole time. And he's like please don't fight. Like we never fight in front of Lincoln. Like our kids never see us argue, right? Because we do that in private. But I, we were both wrong. And we get in this heated debate in front of the coffee maker. I'm half asleep. You're like halfway through your Bible study. It's hilarious, right? But like, let's unpack this a little bit. What really happened was we've been married for almost 15 years 
we've always had an agreement that we don't call each other out in front of people. And I totally felt like you called me a liar in front of a table full of people. And the truth is, time out for just a second. The truth is, I really shouldn't care, but I did because it was my pride and ego. Like, oh my God, you just called me a liar. Like the person I love and trust the most and like adore with everything on the inside of me and has like my full heart just called me a liar in front of a table full of people. Like that's what my internal self was telling me. And the truth is I really shouldn't care because that's really your pride and ego. So who cares? But I did care and I felt like, babe, like you totally violated a trust pact that you and I have together. Like we don't do that, right? Like we don't call one another out. And this is what I said to Joel. So like a text exchange was happening in a group text. And I felt like Joel said something totally off color. And I sidebar texted him. And I was like, babe, I don't think we should do that. I didn't call him out in front of everybody that was in the group chat. I like sidebar texted him. I was like in the middle of Target. And I'm like, babe, I think this is too far. And I sidebar texted him, just him and I. And I felt like he could have called me out in a sidebar conversation versus calling me out in front of a bunch of people. And at the end of the day, I shouldn't really care. Call me out. Who cares? Like, I don't need to be prideful. I don't need an ego. I need to be humbled. That's the truth of it. Like, humility is really good. But I felt like it violated, like, a core of who we are and a pact in our trust bond in marriage is that... We don't do that. Like those are private conversations you and I have. Yeah, we we get each other's back. And I think as we were talking that morning, and we we it was an intense conversation. <laughs> it was messy for sure. Over coffee and espresso. Yeah, and our son sitting there. He was like sitting there the whole conversation. Well, and and I felt like we started it, so we should probably like try to resolve it in front of him yeah. as well, just yeah. to kind of like model that like, hey, your mom and dad can have a disagreement and then they can come to find some sort we of still love each other. conclusion yeah. and kiss and make up, so to speak. <laughs> I mean, we, we didn't actually do, I mean, we made up, but we didn't kiss at that moment. And you we, were, we were still like semi-lingering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's hard to, to kiss when you're salty. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's hard. So took a minute. Yeah. But when Casey began to, um, when she began to unpack how she felt like I was calling her liar, whether that was reality or not. She just It was the said, story I made up in my head. It was the story of like, oh my gosh, like you violated a pact that we've had for 14 years. Yeah. And I was just thinking, oh, she's really not, you know, this unhealthy. She <laughs> just has 7.5. I was no, thinking. No, I am that unhealthy. <laughs> well, I mean, hey, hey, you you are the, the coffee queen. To each his own. Yeah. Yeah. I, I crown and you. espresso shots. Yeah. I crown you. <laughs> um, so I, I've, I, it wasn't my intention, but if I hurt, if I hurt Casey, that's the last thing I want to do. Yeah. Like that's, I, I, she is my closest partner, teammate. I mean, we ride or die together. Totally. And We're so, best friends. We so are best if I friends. feel like I violated a trust and trust is the foundation totally. of teamwork period. Like any kind, whether it's marriage, whether it's uh, work, 
whether it's you know sports, whatever, if you don't trust each other, then you have nothing. You yeah. can't accomplish anything. Totally. And so if I if there was a violation of trust, like she felt like, man, you didn't have my back there, then that began to to make sense and light bulbs went off in my head. And I apologized. I was like, I, I am so sorry. That was not my intention at all. I think you said, well, if it wasn't your intention, but you still did it or something sure. along that Sure. Wait, line. let's like time out for that really quick. Yeah. So I think this is super important in marriage because like you love your spouse so much. Your intention is never to hurt them. And like Joel will always say to me, but my intention was not to hurt you. And I'm like, babe, I never question your intention. Like Joel and I are best friends. We lo- I love Joel. Joel loves me more than anything in this world. That's right. And I never questioned Joel's intention, but your actions communicated this to me. And so like I told him, I was like, babe, I don't question your intentions. Like I know that in that moment, you never meant to call me a liar, but like, we have an agreement that we don't do that to each other, right? So fast forward, right? So Joel apologizes to me. Like, I'm so sorry. He always leads in the apology. He's way better Christian and better person no, than no, me. No, no, no. <laughs> and, and just, just, totally to, just to clarify this, I always say it wasn't my intention. You always say that. Because here's why. I want to... That's my first step to create the groundwork of saying, okay, if I if I knew better and I did it anyways, I would have the guts to say that. I have like, that means I have 100% right to be mad at you. <laughs> true, true. But now I only no, have I, I 75% because your intentions were not. No, no. I'm just saying this wasn't my intention, <laughs> but I see it's wrong. Now... Yeah. Th- this is Casey and I. We have different apology languages. Love languages, yeah. totally. It, like, and yeah. each person <laughs> receives, uh, you know, an apology in a different way. Mine is my my way of receiving apology. All you have to say is you have to own it and take responsibility. Yeah. If you say, "Yep, I see that. I'm wrong." I'm like, "Okay, well, we we're on the same page." Okay, I told that's a great apology. Casey, on the other hand. Your apology love language, and correct me if I'm wrong, but your apology love language is that you want to to see um, repentance and an remorse. emotional remorse. Yeah, not repentance, remorse. Yeah, I want you to feel bad for what you did. And so I go rational, and I say, <laughs> okay, I, I I am wrong. I see that now. If if I don't feel I'm wrong, then I'll talk it out, and I I don't admit to being wrong if I. Um, if I don't feel <laughs> that, I, I may say, you know, something you different. You go but... rational and I'm like, I don't care about your intentions. And so then we go around and around and around <laughs> because I'm like saying, okay, babe, I said you were right. I am so sorry. You go rational. I, I'm totally, yeah, I'm responsible. My love, my apology language. And I say, I'm responsible. I totally see that. That was my bad. I could see how you felt like I was calling you out. We, we have an agreement. We don't do that in front of people. And I could understand why you felt like I was saying you were a liar. I totally (laughs) rush, but it's not good enough for her because she does not feel like I am remorseful for it. So I have to, I have to get in that, like, because I love Casey and love is serving someone else. Love is not like living for someone else's benefit. Perfect. 
Love is living for someone else's benefit. That's a great way to say it. And I have to kind of get in my feels a little bit and say (laughs) in my feel, you know, feel it. You know what, babe? Like I can totally see how I violated that agreement. Yeah. And, and so I all of a sudden flip over into a language but I don't, it, that, that speaks her language, but sometimes it takes me a while to remember that. Totally. And you know what? Like if I can lean into that a little bit. Lean into the last 10% there. <laughs> it's amazing how when Joel apologized and was like, I can totally see like, you're right. That was our agreement. And I totally did that. And I'm really sorry. My armor goes down. Like he led the way in our disagreement and our argument and our very messy conversation. And then I was, and then he expressed his heart though. Like you were like, I felt like you came for me right in front of Lincoln. And he was 100% right. I came downstairs with my retainer in my mouth and my glasses on guns blazing no at him. Hello. No hello. It was simply let me school you. Oh my gosh. It was like the first thing that came out of my mouth. I didn't say like, good morning. Like, how are you doing? How did you sleep last night? There was no pleasantries. I came with two guns blazing at you. And so it was really cool because like as his defenses went down and he acknowledged my pain, I then could acknowledge his pain. Like, see, that's why I say you're like such a better human than me. No, I, I, I don't um, know if that's true. You're, 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 yeah. But I was like, you know what? I'm so sorry. Like, I can totally see how like I didn't even warn you. I didn't even warm you up. I didn't give you any warning. I just came guns blazing at you. And I'm so sorry for that. Like, I said it in front of Lincoln. I wasn't even mindful that like... Lincoln was like, mom and dad, and we never fight in front of him. But he was like, don't fight. You love each other. Like, I was so... But son, this is coffee. (laughs) This is caffeine we're talking about here. I know. And so, um, yeah, like, welcome to... It ended well, and it was over in like 30 minutes, and we both saw one another's perspectives. We both apologized. We both kissed and made up, like we're good. I'm so sorry. Like we love each other so much, but that's a messy conversation. Like you came at me, I came at you, but at the end of the day, like here's what happened. Here's what it takes to have those messy conversations and then end in peace is like, I saw your perspective really hold on, rewind. You saw my perspective And you were open to my perspective and my point of view and my feelings. And I was open to your point of view and your feelings. And defenses go down and we mend and we meet in the middle. And we say like, we don't call each other out in front of each other. That's a private conversation that you and I take offline. And then I don't come for you in front of Lincoln. Like, I don't come for you first thing in the morning. Like, I give you a warning and I say babe, last night that hurt my feelings. Like we met in the middle and we, it was messy and it probably took an hour of like intense conversation, but we ended like with a greater respect and love and knowing of each other. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that, um, messy conversations aren't bad, so to speak. No, 
it is they they have an opportunity to build trust or to break trust. Yep. And That's if 100. you're if you're open to hear someone else's perspective. Yeah. And really to put yourself in their shoes. Yeah. If you're willing to do that, you can actually take something where it was a break of trust or a perception of break of trust and you can turn it into something that builds trust. Right. So here's what it requires. It requires humility to acknowledge that you maybe were wrong because the truth is in any conversation where there's a disagreement, honestly, there's a sliver of both parties being wrong. And so that requires humility. It requires saying, you were wrong and I was wrong. Or better yet, I was wrong and you were wrong. Both of us were wrong in in the way that we handled this situation. And you both have to have humility, a dose of humility and teachability in the conversation. I need to be teachable to ways that I can communicate better with you. not defensive. Like, not defensive. I'm a super defensive person. And so I have to really work and be intentional about not being defensive. And so in that situation, I needed to be teachable that I don't need to come at you in front of Lincoln. And I don't need to come at you first thing in the morning. Like, I can do some pleasantries before I straight up, like, come for you. You know what I mean? And it required teachability on your part to say, I called you a liar in front of people. Like I called you out in front of people and we don't do that. And I broke a little bit of trust. Like there's teachability that requires that on both sides. And then I think being open to one another's perspective. Joel, you as a man see the world very differently and feel the world very differently than I see Mm -hmm. the world and feel the world as a woman Mm -hmm. and as a wife. We just do things differently. And so there has to be an openness to one another's perspective. And so your perspective of the situation was very different than my perspective of the situation. But when I humble myself and I listen to your perspective and you listen to my perspective, we meet in the middle and we learn each other. Right? Yeah. I I think nobody on this planet expects anybody else to be perfect. I just think they expect that you will own your crap when you make it. Yeah. You know, like if you make a mistake and you just own it. Yeah. And again, I'm speaking out of my own apology love language. I'm just (laughs) like, hey, just just to own up, take response. But people don't expect perfection. They expect that you, if you mess up, that you will own it, own it. You will feel remorseful, feel remorseful, (laughs) maybe repent. You know, that's another, uh, apology love language. We keep referring to this apology love language, just a quick, like rabbit trail. You can totally go to five lovelanguages.com and they have a quiz that you can take on apology love languages. I highly recommend in marriage and your conflict, take that quiz. And then you know one another's apology love language and you know how to appeal to each other in that apology. Totally. And we'll put it in our show notes. Totally. On joeljohnson.org slash podcast. You'll see the show notes and we'll have a link directly to it. So here's the beautiful thing about how that conflict ended. Um, we were... We were better off and more, we loved each other better at the end of that. And we hugged it out. We kissed it out. And we were like, thank you. Thank you. 
And here's what I think is the beautiful thing. Be humble, be teachable, be open to the other person's perspective. And then at the end of the day, show gratitude and appreciation for that person's vulnerability and humility. You know what I mean? Like super good. And an hour later, like we were like our marriage was stronger and we were better at the end of that. Right. Like babe, I loved you more at the end of that conversation than I did before it because you gave me grace and you gave me mercy and you extended love to me and I did the same. Yeah, totally. And can I just say, when you are in the wilderness, if you are married, like when you, if you've listened to the podcast prior to this, when you venture out into yeah. something, you have got to have your very, your partner, your very best friend tight. Yeah, And totally. I, I don't know, anyone who's been married will tell you, once you get married, it's more difficult. Like there can be people living together for years, things are cool, you get married, and all of a sudden it becomes more difficult. There is, whether, I, as a Jesus follower, Jesus would describe it as there's an enemy, there's a force, there's something that is coming after it. But whether you believe that or not, just the the statistics I'll show it and and people experientially have experienced this in a in a very general and vast way as soon as you get married there's a force that wants to separate those two individuals apart sure and so in the wilderness when you venture into a new place a new area there is that separation that will want to happen whether it's over coffee or something bigger <laughs> than that yeah. but the ability to have a messy conversation and to have the humility to hear the other perspective can actually strengthen the bond even in the most difficult circumstances. You can grow stronger together. Totally. And I think that as we end this episode of the podcast on messy conversations in marriage, I think there's a couple of takeaways. Allow your spouse to share their perspective. It may not be what you think the perspective should be. It will, 99.9% of the time, it will differ with your perspective. But allow them to express that perspective. Give them space. Listen, I'm a big interrupter. I interrupt Joel all the time and he'll be like, babe, you're interrupting me. And I'm like, No, I'll say, "Ah." no, no, you just cut me off. Yeah, that's what I'll say. I have to to work on that. It's disrespectful when I do that. I need to allow you to get your perspective out and I need to hear it. Like not just think about what I'm going to say to you, but really hear your perspective. And so I think that's huge. Like as we close out this podcast, I want to give you pointers. Number one, Listen to your spouse's perspective. Number two, be humble. Oh my gosh, be humble. It's it's not a bad thing. It's actually a really beautiful thing to be humble. Number three, be teachable. There's a lesson in this for all of us. Joel has taught me more in life than anybody else on this planet. Mm. I have t- probably, I would hope, <laughs> yes, yes, taught you Joel have. a lot. No, like, you've taught me a ton. Be teachable. Like, humble yourself and be teachable. Open yourself to the other person's perspective. Be humble and be teachable. And I think when those three ingredients come together in a really messy conversation, you can see one another for where they're at, and you grow, and you become better 
individuals, but then your marriage becomes stronger. And I think, let me just give a few maybe last points, especially for the gentlemen who are listening to this podcast. Number one, a lot of times, I don't know about you guys, but uh, emotions scare me, right? Yeah, Yeah. it's a great Like, I, I don't know what to do. And so sometimes I feel like, I'm handcuffed, you know, like... Yeah, like, and the female side of things, we're hyper-emotional oftentimes. Yeah, and and, and I know for the first few years of our marriage, I was like, there were question marks coming out of my ears, you know, there's big <laughs> thought bubbles with question marks, like, and I would just kind of give up because I would be like, this isn't rational, this isn't like, okay, what, and sometimes I'd just give in just to have peace that that's kind of my personality type, and I would just be like, "Okay, well, I, I don't get it, but I'm sorry," you know. <laughs> I'd be trying to to go in that direction, but I just want to share with you: speak up, guys. Yeah. Especially sharing. I feel disrespected. Yeah, that's huge. Like right now, no matter how what's going on, I feel disrespected. And it's hard for me to hear and understand anything that you're saying yeah. in the tone that you're talking yeah, to me. Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes in the beginning when I first started, yeah. I built up the guts kind of to <laughs> say that in the middle of our argument that I felt like it would ramp the argument up more. But you kind of got it. I got like you it, got yeah. it at the end after the emotions kind of died down. And then the more that I would be like, hey, I just feel disrespected in the way that you're doing this. Yeah. I can understand how. I would how- tell you, unpack that for me so that I knew. Unpack that. So, for example, when I would cut you off and I would interrupt you, it would make you feel disrespected. Like, I had you unpack it so that I knew, because my intentions were never to disrespect you. But my actions were communicating disrespect. So I would have you unpack it for me so that I knew what I was doing was disrespecting you. Then I would would help condition myself, don't interrupt Joel when he's expressing himself because it makes him feel disrespected. Especially when there were things that I would say that then would offend you more. You know, like as a guy, I would say <laughs> yeah. them and, and I was, I, I'm trying to get them out. And as the internal processor of the yeah, two, that's Casey's a, a verbal processor. Yeah. So, you know, if you're the internal processor, you don't want to say anything wrong. Like, like you are you thinking think about, about it. Yeah. You, you, you don't want to say anything that you're going to regret on the way back. Yeah. Like, like that you're going to regret saying, and then there's more ammunition. So it was so tough for me to be able to just say, okay, I feel disrespected and it's going to come out messy right now, but I need you to hear me as I'm sharing. Yeah, totally. It's good stuff. Hey, Messy Life Podcast listeners. We wanted to let you know something super exciting. Joel is in the process of writing a really incredible, really authentic, really vulnerable book about his journey through the wilderness. So stay tuned, right, Joel? Yeah, I'm kind of excited about it. Yeah, be thinking, get your ears perked because Joel's got a book in the works and we're super excited about his journey through the wilderness. It's going to be real and vulnerable and raw and honest. So get ready, pray for us because we'll need it. (laughs) Whenever you do write a book, it's like birthing a child. And so it's a little messy. Yeah, it's going to be great though. So keep your ears tuned because it's coming soon.